How's it going, everybody? The perhaps long-awaited edition, at least between the two of us, uh, of the Cautiously Optimistic podcast. I'm Luke. Uh, on the right, in the passenger seat, that's me. To the left, in the driver's seat, is uh, Joe, Joe Marino. Uh, we are doing our first ever car cast. We are en route, or en route? What is it? I would say en route. En route. I'm holding the microphone like a uh, like an apple or like an orange. Yeah, you describe it as a wine glass. It's really. like yes, yes. I'm holding like a wine glass actually uh, from underneath. Uh, but we are on our way uh, in English to the Sabers game, uh, the second return, the sequel uh, of Jack Eichel coming back to Buffalo. Uh, this was a. I mean, it is a you-gotta-be-there game, I think. Um, certainly a destination game. There's not many, I don't think, yet on the schedule. Not before the season started, but Jack Eichel coming here is uh, always one that they say, well, I gotta be there before the year begins. You know what they say, the sequel is always the worst one. So That's true. You can't beat the original. I don't think anything will beat that atmosphere last year, mm-hmm. but... What do you think? You think he's gonna the Boo Birds are gonna be out tonight, or is it gonna be um, kind of like a numb feeling, like forgive and forget kind of deal? The Boo Birds, they're definitely gonna be out. I think um, it's gonna be a little while. It's gonna be a f- maybe next year. I think it it might be like okay, let's wrap it up. But um, this year at least, let's let's savor it, right? I think the attitude from Jack has been. He, I think he's kind of playing into it too. I think he, he's of the mindset, judging from his quotes and stuff today. He knows he's a villain. He knows, he knows, and in a way, I admire the toxicity on both sides, because uh, this is this, you know, like this is sports. It's one thing for two uh, teams to hate each other, but this is an entire fan base and one man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's gonna be, you know, I. I don't know if this is going to be sold out or not. I imagine that this will probably be one of the more well-attended games thus far. Because I I was at the home opener, and it wasn't anything crazy. Like, there were people there, but it wasn't packed by any means. So I'm really hoping that the arena's got a lot of fans in it tonight. That's for sure. So hopefully every time the guy steps on the ice, the Boo Birds come out. Because we know this guy can get rattled, and he was yeah. certainly rattled last year. And also, the Jack Eichel that's going to be on the ice tonight is a different Jack Eichel than what was on the ice last time around at KeyBank Center. So, yes. And also, this Vegas Golden Knights team is a force to be reckoned with this year. They're healthy for the most part. Logan Thompson has been one of the better goalies in the league so far this season, miraculously, so... We'll see what happens. The Sabres are coming into this struggling a little bit, too. We'll get into that in a little bit, but should be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, I seem to recall, like, Eichel's line in the game last year was, like, the only healthy line yeah. that they had. Because uh, like, their second-line center was, like, uh, Patrick Brown or something. Uh, who is it? Red hair guy, number 38. I, I thought think. Patrick Brown was on the Flyers. He might have been, um, but they, they, they did not have a very good 
team below uh, the top line at the time. I think their defense was uh, pretty banged up as well. And like you said, Leonard was out. So, yeah, uh, a much better team this year. They're going to be in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like uh, I feel like Eichel gets a goal tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, think he's going to – I don't want to say he's going to devour us, but I think he's going to have one of those – you know, like when they used to face the, the Maple Leafs and he would just, just oh, destroy yeah. them? Yes. Yeah. I have a feeling that tonight's going to be one of those games. And I hope I'm wrong, obviously. Oh, yeah. But, again, Buffalo's struggling. Ever since we recorded the last podcast, the Sabres have struggled mightily. Uh, for, I wouldn't say struggle mightily. That's probably not putting it right. But they haven't gotten the results they right. wanted or deserved, really. So, it's going to be tough. Vegas, they got Vegas tonight in Boston. Uh, I forgot what day, Friday or Saturday. They, that's when they have I think Boston. Sat- Saturday? I think yeah, I think, it, it, yeah. I think it's Saturday. But Saturday those are, I think, the number one and two teams in the league. So, it's going to be tough. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But I think we said this last week when we recorded. You can't make it a six-game losing streak. You can't make this a pattern anymore. <laughs> Because they started off very well. What were they? Seven and two, something like that. Seven and three. Seven I and think, three. Yeah. yeah, something along those lines. But you can't get back down to five hundred. Like you gotta. If playoffs is obviously the goal, you gotta try and come out strong here, and hopefully they can use this as like a rallying point, like kind of like what they did last year. But yeah, you gotta. The fans are gonna have a lot to do with it if that's the case, because. If you could hear a pin drop in the lat- in the Vegas game that day, that's certainly not like a turning point of the season because the turning point of the season last year was really the fans getting reengaged. So mm-hmm. let's see what happens, but I think that it's going to be an electric atmosphere tonight. That's that's a good point uh, because yeah, I do feel like that um, the Eichel game last year. Thinking back on it now, yeah, that was when uh, you started to hear the louder crowds and when the team. I think really did start to uh, put things together. Was that yeah. Febru- February eighth? Was that? It was either late February, or early March. But also the, yeah. the Heritage Classic, and there was another right. blowout Toronto game in there too. So, yeah. So things really started to come together. But uh, you brought up the games since we've last recorded, and like we we talked about this last time too. It's it's early in the season, right? So two losses in a row to Carolina and Tampa. Um. You know, on paper, it's not bad. And then, of course, tough watch, games. Tough, tough games. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's still it's still fine to be at 7-6 at this point in the season. And even, even if you're 7-8, and eight, um, you know, remove the optics, I think, of going on a four-game losing streak. Of course, it's it's um, it's some tough teams, but... Oh, well, how about that? Uh, but, Part of the allure of a car cast. That's the right. The ambience. The so. natural sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, no, I don't know if you're in agreement here, but um, at least with the Arizona game, that's right, it is a three-game losing streak, uh, the, the Arizona game happened too. Uh, I, I, I couldn't pay um, full attention necessarily. It's not like I didn't watch it at all. But it definitely seemed like the Sabres were in control of that game Absolutely. a lot. It's yeah. almost like the Chicago game, except they never found their way back in. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a couple bad bounces. To start the game, too. Yeah, a uh, bad start. Yeah, a bad goal let up uh, where, again, the defense was just kind of lost. Um, 
in front of the net. Comrie was way out of the nets. And Arizona struck quickly. You got to play from behind that early. Uh, you get three first-period power plays, I think it was. They scored on one, uh, but then it's just shots weren't going. I think they hit a few post. Uh, yeah. And I really like uh, Vimelka for Arizona. Yeah, he's a, he's a solid goalie. He is. Um, good on Arizona for getting them locked up for a few years because that obviously I don't think he's going to be like the long-term solution right. in that for them, but that's someone who can be their starter for the time being and maybe when they find their guy long-term. He's he can a, be a Pevo Francois. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh but, no, I think the Sabres uh, got goalied, so to speak. That's a term. They didn't, yeah. Vamelka played well, but it's not like we had a lot of high-danger chances, not yeah. a ton of scoring chances. He had, I thought he had a pretty easy night in that. Mm-hmm. He, they gave him a lot of shots right to the crest. I'm surprised that Coyote's Kachina logo wasn't completely black from the puck marks. <laughs> they shot the puck at his chest that much. Yeah, the uh, Labushkin had a chance in the third, and uh, it was just like the lightest wrister I've ever seen. Yeah, they, uh, just... they should have absolutely won that game. That's a game you got to win, too. Mm-hmm. That's a game where you look back at the end of the season, you miss the playoffs by four points, and you're like, oh, geez, if we just would have beaten the Coyotes there, <sighs> yeah. if we would have just won that game in that game so you can't be losing games to like Seattle you know Seattle is playing extremely well right now but you can't lose to Montreal you can't lose to Arizona you can't lose these I don't want to call them cupcake games because the parody in the NHL right now is yeah it's um very strong but you got to win these games and I know that playoffs are not the expectation this year and I don't even think management or ownership is expecting it at this point but yeah they're obviously hoping for it but games like that you gotta win you gotta get the results there are really no moral victories anymore yeah you can't say oh well they dominated possession you should have won but like yeah you gotta win that's the thing and um yeah the loss like especially to the coyotes is even more demoralizing because they played carolina so tight and they played tampa so tight um, of course, the score in the Carolina game doesn't necessarily reflect that, and there are a lot of penalties called that might be questionable in the Carolina game. Uh, Definitely. But the Tampa game, uh, as I look behind me, uh, the Tampa game, uh, you take the 3-2 lead in the third, and the two Tampa goals, the tying goal and the go-ahead goal, come immediately after the Sabres can't uh, cash in on chances. I think Paterka had a breakaway immediately. Was it Paterka or uh, Skinner? I think it was Paterka. Paterka, yeah. I was in and out of the game, the Tampa game. I wasn't able to watch, but I remember seeing the Paterka breakaway. Yeah, Paterka had a breakaway immediately after we after the, we went up 3-2. That might have been Skinner's goal, Paterka's breakaway. Yeah, Skinner scored before it. You're right. Uh, yeah, then Paterka had... Um, the, the breakaway uh, missed, or it was blockered by uh, Sabre killer Brian Elliott. They can't beat that guy. No. They can't. I, they might have last year once, or two, I think once, but yeah. That's an, idea, that's an idea for an episode, uh, Sabre killers. Uh, and then that uh, Perbix, who his name sounds like... Honestly, I have never heard of that guy. Our good, friend, good friend of the show, uh, Anthony Chandra, said that it sounds like a... Uh, 
like a uh, antidepressant. <laughs> Perbix or Perbix or something. Yeah, like that, uh, yeah. Nick Perbix, I think his name was. Uh, I don't think he said antidepressant, but it sounds like an anti-allergy. Sounds like an STD. Yeah, I I said <laughs> that it sounds like a sexual organ, and you know, like I don't know. Very. Yeah. How does Tampa keep finding these guys? I don't know. I don't know. They keep on doing it. Uh, and they keep on coming in and, and contributing. Nick Paul at a goal, a guy, just a career anonymous player, makes a name for himself then in the playoffs last year, and suddenly he's incredible. Um, and then I think Opozo had another chance after when it, well, when the game was 3-3, and then immediately after that, uh, Tampa comes back up, and it was... Um, Hagel, right? Oh yeah, friend yeah. of the former, yes. former prospect, former friend was, of the team, uh, former friend of the team that was by relation. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm still flabbergasted why they didn't give Brandon Hagel a contract. Good thing they had the flexibility to sign Dalton Smith, so he can play ten seconds <laughs> in that. That's right. Game that they choked on New Year's. Yeah, oh, beautiful. What What was that for again? What, what were the circumstances uh, surrounding that? I forget. Okay, I. I don't really know. Hagel was a sixth-round pick, a little undersized, but see how that's working out now. Yeah, trade for a couple first-round picks. Uh, I think the reasoning behind not signing him was to allow like contract flexibility, because as you know, you're only allowed 50 contracts. Yep, 50 NHL contracts. So they didn't want to waste that, and with that flexibility, they decided to give uh, Rochester Amer. Dalton Smith the contract and he played in that one game against the Tampa Bay Lightning on New Year's Eve in 2019 going into 2020 Yep, and he played like 10 seconds in that game and I remember my my dad's cousin he was at a New Year's Eve party before COVID obviously and he was like you're dead wrong on Dalton <laughs> he's gonna He's going to help us win this game. And I remember Eichel had that beautiful goal. Probably his best goal he's ever scored as a Sabre. And they were up like 5-1, to one and they blew the lead, and they lost the game. And, if, you know, if they would have won that if they would have won that game, and if they would have beaten Montreal the day that the season got shut down there in that play-in round. That's right. Um, man, so, yeah, th- those two games might have really changed the, the course of this franchise. That's why um, every game matters. Every That's game why you matters. gotta beat the Coyotes. That's right. That is right. Because later in the year, when uh, you know you have ninety or ninety-two points, and the team in the last wild card is ninety-six, you're gonna be wondering what went wrong. That's not me saying we're gonna have ninety-two points. That's just an example of every game mattering. Um, but yeah, Dalton Smith though. Uh, was there a big hit or something in the game before? That explain why oh, we called him up. I, there might have been. There had yeah, to be because like why would they just sign this respond. dude? I I think you're on the right track there. There had to have been some like hit or bad response to a fight. Did Darlene get taken out or something? Maybe it had to have been something. Like along yeah, those lines. Uh, I don't really remember. Hopefully one of our listeners can uh, jog our memories. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Um, but no. Um, by the way, if you're wondering where we're at right now, uh, we're just going by Elm Street. We're on the 90. Uh, there is is that that's Seneca Harbor Center and Cape yeah. Center across 
Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's right there. Yeah, we are, um, there it is, KeyBank Center. Seneca One Tower, that's what this is called, right? Yeah, that With the big so. M&T Bank thing. Uh, that's right, man, this town used to be owned by uh, HSBC. Oh, yeah. My goodness, this is the, uh... No, so no. we're almost at the arena. We're gonna yeah. keep we're gonna keep recording a little bit. Yeah. And then we're gonna pause the recording until and then we're gonna record on the drive back after the game too. Yes. So you're gonna get our full thoughts and Luke is gonna upload this tomorrow morning. Yes. Uh and so you can wake up and while you're at the office listen to <laughs> Yeah our thoughts. So just uh as you're listening to it right now. As you're listening. Um that's why we're going we're going kind of off the cuff here, uh, but we're getting off now. Uh, which tree is this? Where are we going? Is this uh, like this Swans? Oh, there's the Seven News Building. Yeah, I park uh, along. Where do we under park? The bridge. Yeah, uh, meter parking. We're gonna walk a little bit, but so uh, that's any my spot. Anything you wanted to add before we just cover some miscellaneous topics? Uh, I want we forget. Last week we forgot to talk about Ethan Bear. I want to touch on okay. that really quick. Uh, and people are were complaining about not claiming Mike Riley today, so oh, we yes. can talk about that too. Yeah. So Ethan Bear, I think the Sabers absolutely should have been in on that. He's a one year deal, uh, very manageable contract, and it would have cost like a fifth round pick. And they're pretty short on right handed defensemen as it is. And Bear, he would have been. When everyone comes back from injury, I think he would have been a serviceable seventh defenseman, which is absolutely fine. And in the end, Carolina ended up retaining salary, too. So if they didn't want to pay him that much, Carolina was willing to retain. And Where did he end up going? He went to Vancouver. Vancouver. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay. Toronto was in it, too, but they didn't want to give up any draft picks. So mm-hmm. I don't see why they didn't do it. Uh, obviously, Kale Clegg has been like an admirable fill-in depth guy right now, and he's yeah. been playing pretty well with Darlene. So I get it, but like you, we always – mention this 30 draft picks in a three-year span what in the world are you do you need another fifth round pick for yeah that's what i'd like to know yeah uh then i have one thing i want to tackle uh after mike riley um any of your what were your thoughts on yeah uh, well riley's a good defenseman and i absolutely see why the sabers didn't put a claim in for mike riley because he's got another year left at three million their track record over the last how many years now <laughs> shows that they are not going to take on players with term. We know this. Like it's not going to change. They're rebuilding. Still, they're building. Whatever buzzword you want to call it. We just parked. Yes, we're parked now. And on Perry Street, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyways, so they're doing a low cap hit rebuild. That's mm-hmm. what you want to call it. They're saving flexibility. You don't know what's going to be available to them next year. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to save as much money as possible. Now, if it were me, I absolutely would have claimed Mike Riley. You could you can pick Listen, him up. You can, retain, you can retain half the salary. Yeah. And you can trade him at the trade deadline or you can trade him next year. But fact of the matter is no, but no team was going to claim him. And in the end, no team did claim him. Mike <laughs> Riley was unclaimed on waivers not once but two times this year. Nikita Zaitsev, I believe, yeah. also. He was also. Went down. I would rather have Mike Riley. Yeah, <laughs> just in our name. Yeah, that's but stuck out to me. Uh, so, I don't, it's not the end of the world because at the end of the day, when everyone comes back, Mike Riley was just going to be the seventh defenseman or waived again. Yeah. So, 
it's it's not the end of the world. Um, obviously, when you have a player that would make your team better, you pick them up. But when you put your mind in these general managers and owners' shoes, you're not going to... Like, when was the last time a player that was making $3 million a year was claimed off of waivers who had another year left yeah. on the contract? Like, that's just not happening. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not how NHL GM's minds work. And especially a team that is more so a budget team now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to allocate their money elsewhere. Yeah. Like... They're more concerned about, okay, what's Dylan Cousins' contract going to look like next year? Uh, can we get a better defenseman? Do we want to be boxed into this guy? Mm-hmm. And maybe if Jacob Bryson wasn't around, I could see them doing this, but Jacob Bryson's making almost $2 million a year. Like, they're not yeah. going to make him the seventh defenseman making that much. So, yeah. Yeah. I I think Riley eventually gets traded. Maybe the Bruins will retain some salary, and maybe that will be their move. But I, they weren't going to do that. Was he a deadline pickup last year from Ottawa? Yeah, or might have been the year before. Okay, because he he did come from Ottawa, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's been around a little bit. Um, I remember he the Saber when Botterill was the GM. They were interested in him when he was on the wild. I remember that as well, yeah. and I remember us talking. I don't, I don't think it was on an episode. I remember us thinking like, oh, that's a name. Right, that's another guy. Yeah, he's that, a guy. Yeah, he's, he's guy. a guy. Now he's more, more of an established guy at this yeah, point. But yeah, he's been around a while. Yeah, he's not just a failed prospect anymore. Right, right, <laughs> anymore. Uh, what I want to talk about, uh, finally, the goat head. Oh, has yeah. been revealed. Uh, we see it now, and kind of what I was thinking would happen happened. They got rid of the extra gray around the numbers mm-hmm. and. They updated the B logo. They on did. The, uh, too. the B is now the sabre. It's now the saber that is in the Our the regular crest. Yes, yes, yes. Joe has his. Uh, we both have cousins on. Yes, I didn't notice that. He has. Um, we're 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 the we're the cousin <laughs> we're the cousin brothers today. Uh, he has his heritage classic. I have my white away on. I'm going to be very tempted to buy a jersey tonight. Um, if they got one of those nice goat heads, yeah. I will be buying it. But no, you know what? They they stuck with the trend of updating or simplifying. Modernizing. Modernizing, that's a better word. Uh, modernizing an old look, mm-hmm. uh, which we were talking about. The Avalanche, the Coyotes did it a bit. Um, and it, it, it looks great. You know what? Uh, it's so weird, though, seeing... <clears throat> Most throwbacks. I don't know about you, but like, I feel like a lot of throwbacks these days have kind of like an uncanny valley look to them because Adidas, like the way they cut the jerseys, every player looks like box shaped almost. And like, the jerseys aren't like they aren't as saggy as they were before, so that also contributes to it looking um, like a tighter fit almost. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, they became a tighter fit with the Reebok Edge, so in a way, it's almost like, what if they wore this? when the Reebok edges uh, came along, they stuck with it for mm. an extra two years. Um, but no, I like it. Uh, updated the socks too. Honestly, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's it's three three stripes now. Uh, might be white on top, then red and gray. But uh, I love it. Though. Yeah, and then we got a glimpse of Comrie's mask. It's beautiful. Half Miller, half Hashik. It appears. Yeah. So we didn't really get a good look at it. We got to see both sides. It looks like 
it's like there's like a picture of Miller on the side, but it yes. does look like it is actually yeah like half of his. And the Hashik one, mask. other than the thirty nine on the chin it's area, probably just pl- a plain black. It looks plain black. Yeah. Like, but if you, I don't, I don't know if anyone's noticed that beads. before. But the the cut down the middle to separate them, mm-hmm. Marty Baran on his mask had that. It looked to be the same exact separation. Oh. That's probably intentional. He probably, yeah. yeah, that's so that's pretty cool. Um you think it'll have on the Hashik side the B? It did it did Hashik have the B or the goat? On, I don't um, remember. The helmet because it was I, I always thought that his helmet was just a plain black I helmet. I I could have sworn that there was a logo somewhere on there. Maybe I'm just I mean let me look it up. Maybe I'm being fooled by uh when you when you select that helmet in NHL in, in Shell uh there's always a logo on it. Let me but, um, but I digress. Uh, Joe's looking up on his phone right now. But no, uh, I mean you can't lose with the goat head, right? I mean it looked good, it looks great, rather. Um, uh, yeah, he did have the. It looks like the B logo. The B. Okay, yes. yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for it to debut. November twenty third. There it is. I'll yep, be there. Got a picture. I already got um, my tickets. You do. I. I feel like I. I gotta get them soon because I'm scared it's gonna yeah, sell out. I, um, as soon as they announced '90s night, I bought yeah. the tickets right yeah. then and there. Um, yeah, but it's it's a great looking uniform though. Hopefully the the broadcast and the things like MSG embrace it a bit too. Uh, bring back Hurricane 2000 maybe for oh, a game. Oh yes. Uh, the old Empire Sports intro maybe. You know what I would like them to do. Uh-huh. Where. A white goat head. Not, yeah. not Obviously not this year, but I think it would be something if they just wore both sets. I think... Do any, I don't think any other teams do that, really, but having, like, a goat head that you wear to some away games. Like, you don't have to do it for, like, 20 games, but, you know, like, five games a year, you wear the white goat head. I think that'd be cool. Well, they could do... It's not unprecedented for teams to have four jerseys, because... Right. Um, the Kings for a while had their, they would have the the Heritage Night, I think it was mm-hmm. where they, they didn't necessarily have an alternate, but they wore the uh, the yellow or the purple jersey for a game, and that might have been on top of when they had an alternate too, like the gray alternate. When they had the gray alternate, they would wear the purple or the yellow for a game, so they could do a Heritage Night in a sort of deal where they wear the uh, the white for mm-hmm. four home games a year or something. I can see what I can tell the goat has is. Being extremely well received. Yeah, going back years ago, probably before they switched to royal blue full time, I think the perception of the goat head was a lot more negative. Yes, and people would say, "Oh, never again, never again." But now that we have the royal blue, it's their main home and away jersey. I think a lot more people are accepting of the goat head coming back, and I feel like, like if you you have both, yeah, you, like in, in the situation in the scenario where they would wear the white goat head. Yeah. White, red, and black. Yeah. For some away games too. I think everyone's happy. Like you got everything mm-hmm. except for the people who like the slug, which those people are few and far between. Yeah, I know. Uh, <clears throat> um, yeah, just one last thought. Really, I don't know about you, but it seems the young people love it, and the old people don't. The people who yeah. came up with blue and gold don't like it and don't get what's so special about it. But people like you and I who first time we watched the Sabres they were wearing right. that um, it's specialer to us more mm-hmm. special but alright 
should we uh, wrap up this yeah. first part of the show? Um, yeah, I don't think we I don't think we missed on anything else. No, for as far as news. Uh, second half of the show, I think. I mean, I have a booty cheek. Multiple, <laughs> I have booty cheeks of the week. And we're gonna have guy of the week. Guy of the week. I think it's your turn. Yeah, it's my turn. It's for your guy turn. Of the week. I forgot about it, so I'll have to think about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have an hour before uh, puck drop. By yeah. the time we get in there, it is 5.48 at this time. It is dark now. Um, and we are going to head in. I'm still doing good on battery, too, so this is good. Oh, perfect. Um, so I'm going to save this. I think we're going to head on in. We have a bit of a walk ahead of us to get to the arena, but we'll be there in due time. Uh, anything you want to say before this part ends, Joe? Uh, I hope. Okay, well, let's give a prediction. Okay. Let's give a prediction, see if we can get some egg on our face here. I think the Sabres are going to win. Oh. 5-4. to four. In overtime. Okay. Oh. In overtime. That's my prediction. That could be a good rallying cry. Uh, I could see this game going two ways if you'll allow me that. It's either going to be a 4-1 Vegas win and Jack Eichel scores and we all feel depressed, or the Sabres win a uh, close one. I think it goes one of two ways. All right. Fair? That's fair. All right. All right. We'll see how right or wrong we are, and we'll be back after the game. All right. Part two, uh, you'd hear in my voice. I can't wait to listen to this back to hear how different we sound. Uh, but seven to four, the final. Uh, Vegas wins. Jack Eichel, <laughs> one of the best games of his career, I think. One of the best periods of his career. Yeah, we'll that all came in that. one period, yeah. right? Third um, period hat trick. Third period hat trick. Four points. Uh, was the ass- no the assist wasn't in? I, it was. It was. The it was period. the assist yeah. on the power play goal by. Um, Petrangelo, Petrangelo, yeah, because the PA announcer had to yeah take a break from announcing yeah. the assist to let the crowd boo. God, so there's a lot going on here. Yeah. So we were right about the boo birds. Yes, he got booed every single time he touched the puck. Um, uh, we were bad fans. We left early. We missed two goals. Uh, Asplund scored as we were exiting the building, and Eichel scored as we were getting back to my car. Yeah, that was ugly. It was I ugly. don't think there's any way to shake it. You can't really sugarcoat it. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's not the goaltending fault, it's all defense. I think there's a handful of guys who you can honestly say had a good game today. Mm-hmm. And that it, it was just ugly. It's a gut punch. If you look at, for comparison's sake, last year's Vegas game in Buffalo and compare it to this one, a very much complete polar opposite. Uh, that was just gut wrenching. Yeah, um, we were we were just about at your car when um, Curtis of uh, the Charger Buffalo texted us saying this is the polar opposite of last year's game, <clears throat> and we had you had just said the same thing to me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, seriously, like where to begin? Uh, Comrie needed to stop that Petrangelo power play goal. Well, yeah, and the the second Eichel goal too. That was just, or it might have been the first Eichel goal, the well, wide open net. Yeah, uh, um, too many rebounds. Yeah. I think uh, the first goal was on a rebound. The Eichel, the first Eichel goal, I believe, was on a rebound as well. So a fair bit of it does fall on Comrie as well. A yeah, lot. and it doesn't help that he's got half an AHL decor in front of him. Right. Another but breakaway goal. Um, you don't give up 
seven goals in a game and the goaltender is not at fault at all. I know. And I'm so sick of seeing people making excuses and sugarcoating it. Like, the guy's been giving up three to four goals basically Mm -hmm. every game ever since his first two starts of the season when he made 40 saves. Like, he's not playing well. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to say that. And there are other factors here, but for the love of God, let's stop making excuses. Like, yeah, some of the goals are unlucky, but for the love of God, you got to make a save. Mm-hmm. Like when it's in, like this was a very important game, and yeah, every game's important. I realize they're facing a top caliber team in this league, but come on, man, we got to make a mix a save in here once in a while. And when it counted, he didn't make the save. Ooh. And I want to talk about. Jacob Bryson really quick. Uh, when the, the game was pretty close at this point, and Casey Middlestead, who had a fantastic game, by the way, mm. a great rebound from his last game uh, against the Coyotes. Great pass by Casey Middlestead to Bryson. And if Bryson would have scored, he basically had a wide open net. If Bryson would have scored there, this would have been a one-goal game, and you're right back in it. But he misses, and then the floodgates open. So this game, you know, they could have won. They very well could have won this game, but it, too many ghosts out there and like Casey Fitzgerald had a terrible game as well. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it was ugly. There's really no other way to shake it. This was a ugly game. I, I want to go and say from start to finish, I think they were outplayed and justifiably so. Vegas is a great team, but... Uh, they controlled, I think, the first 90 seconds of the game. Yeah. Because I know at 1830 is when the puck was in the corner in our own end. So, um, for that's worth. Uh, but, yeah, there was a chance as well in the second period. Uh, might have been a tuck deflection, but it was a deflection in front, and Thompson stopped it right at the goal line. Uh, Logan Thompson, uh, yep. Vegas goalie, stopped it right at the goal line. And, you know, I mean, I think that's a save that you wish uh, Comrie could make, uh, too, on some of those. I mean, when I just keep thinking back to the power play one. But uh, the, the disallowed goal, too, the right. the offsides goal, that was tipped off of a cousin's stick. Mm-hmm. Could still be stoppable, right? I mean... Not every deflection goal is unstoppable. has to be unstoppable. Yeah, right? I think yeah. people are or else everybody getting would be, that. Yeah, uh, that would be the... Uh, the one way to score, but um, you said a handful of guys. And we were we were talking about this yeah, too. Before. Power Power played a strong game. He was out there a lot. He was out there. It seemed like the entire time. Um, Thompson was great. Tage Thompson, two goals, two beautiful goals. Yeah, I, listen, there were four guys who looked like they belonged out there for the Sabers, and that was Tage Thompson. Uh, Owen Power, Middlestad. Casey Middlestat, and Vinny Hinestroza. Hinestroza had a really good yeah. game. He makes the most of it whenever he's in the lineup. Um, but Tage, I mean, he's at a freaking MVP pace right now. Yeah. But, uh, he's got 10 goals. 10, yeah, goals, 10 goals. Another goals. Another multi-point game. Uh, was it three points tonight? I, I asked this when we were there. But, uh, uh, I think it's still. I think it's two unless he assists on the Asplin goal. Yeah, it might have just been two. Uh, but... No, um, Thompson again 
looking like a superstar. Um, and I just, I, I just hope that what happened with Jack doesn't happen with him. Where I, I don't. Think he's so. he's yeah. relying. They're relying on him too much to provide all the offense. And I'm again, yeah, that is it is pretty far fetched to realize that because like they still can score goals. Oh yeah, it's just the they, defense. They score, what do they score? Four or five? Four. four yeah, yeah uh, the four defense. Goals. Like, just as much as they can score, the defense can also uh, equally play them out of games. Like, just as easily as yeah. the Sabres can score. Um, and it's a sad state of affairs when your offense has to score four or five goals a game for you to have a chance. Yeah, and... Uh, that's just not good. And, yeah, they need Samuelson back. They need Yoki Haru back. And you, I, a lot of people are not big fans of Henry Yoki Haru, but... Geez, they need NHL. He's an NHL defenseman. They need NHL defensemen. Right now, they're playing with three to four AHLers out there at once, uh, and that's not good. And Jacob Bryson's a very polarizing player, but I, I just do not see this guy as a legitimate NHL defenseman. Yeah, I, I don't, don't see it. I've, I've, I've soured on him. Um, they need like they need Samuelson size. It seems like they're having trouble winning battles along the boards. Um, physically, it feels like they're getting outplayed. They can't make a pass every night. Too. They cannot it's make a pass, and that's where I wanted to go next. They're, you said there was ghosts out there, and they're passing it to nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you how many passes were out of reach of guys. Uh, they're just they're throwing it um, every which way. Pucks are going under sticks. Um, Dylan Cousins is out there just. He did like a 720 around the, the offensive zone in the third period and just nothing came of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they could have scored goal, more goals, right? They had more chances. But at the same time, I mean, God, 7-4. You know, it, it's – they played worse than 7-4, I think, yeah. at points. Uh yeah. Again, they, they, they looked like the youngest team in the league, and that's, I think, a, a recurring theme, um, at least in whenever I talk about this team, is that they they uh, they definitely looked that way. I think going into the season, it was assumed that they would have some growing pains, considering how yeah. young they are. and They have a 42-year-old on their team, too, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, that's right. skews it a little more. So, like, if Uko Pekalukkanen was in place for Craig Anderson, it would They'd be the youngest by far, probably. Right. So, right. Speaking of Uko Pekalukkanen, I know after a performance like this, it's going to be brought up that, oh, is it time to bring him up? And it, it would certainly be difficult to bring him up because it's hard to justify carrying three goaltenders. Mm-hmm. But it, his age, it's this is a year where you got to see what you got in him. So yeah. if they were to bring up UPL and say, hey, See what you got and put him in the rotation. I, I wouldn't mind seeing what we've got in him because the only way that he, we're going to get to see Uko Pekalukin in this year is if one of Comrie or Anderson got hurt. So I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon, but I think at some point this year, a uh, discussion needs to be had. Is it time to. Uh, give Uko Pekalukin in a chance. Yeah, you got to give him some some meaningful games eventually, right? I mean, if you want to stay in the hunt like this, and uh, Comrie keeps having games like that, um, 
you're going to have to explore every option, right, short of uh, going for a trade. Um, Which so, they're not going to do. Right, they're not, and, and they, they shouldn't, quite frankly. Uh, but, no, I mean, you got to give the guy a chance uh, eventually before you give up on him. I mean, how many chances he had early in the season when they're still uh, in the race? It's going to so be a longer speed. drive here. I just took the wrong exit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was this exit? Uh, I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Um, well, let's read the read the read the science. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> I guess unless you had any more thoughts on the how the Sabers played, uh, yeah, they were bad, and you got Boston, yeah, coming up here. So, uh, so the Jack Eichel hate now. It it, it hey, props to him. He was clearly he was a villain. He and was you shook. Could see it in his celebrations. Yes, uh, he was shook. Clearly, uh, Comrie had the two breakaway stops on him. You could see his teammates. Don't know if this was visible uh, on the TV broadcast, but his teammates were giving him stick taps, keep oh, trying yeah. to keep his head up. Uh, you could tell in the first two periods that the boos were definitely yes, to him. definitely, definitely. And I we forgot I forgot to mention this. Uh, when we were talking about players who impressed, JJ Paterka. Paterka uh, was awesome. He right. Wor- he worked Jack Eichel in that corner. Yeah, he, that was a great play. I thought he had, he played well. It's uh yeah, uh, good game from him too. Uh, but listen, I don't I don't know how much further do we take this um, Eichel hate? You know, uh, is I don't it think is it's it going to stop? I think this only put fuel on the fire. I I, I kind of I want to know like. How legitimate actually is it? You know, like, do people... Do, is this is this, is it tongue-in-cheek now? Or do we actually hate the guy? Apparently there's an Eichel jersey thrown on the yeah, ice. Yeah, there was an Eichel jersey thrown um, on the ice after his hat trick. He blew the crowd a kiss, I think. I mean, hey, listen, it, it, it's... It's his right to respond. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, if I were Jack Eichel, I would have done the same exact thing. Yeah, I would too. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I would have picked up the puck and did the uh, the Chris Ivory thing and act like I was uh, wiping my butt with the, <laughs> with the puck. Uh, but Eichel wins this round. Uh, and as we said at the top, the, the sequel is never the best. It's the worst. It's so, right. That's uh, right. Brutal. Brutal, brutal. Uh, and we'll see how Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs' homecomings go. Yeah. Later in the season, I think they play in March, maybe February, something like yeah, that. Yeah, will Vegas? I mean, it would be stupid. I don't think. It, I mean, I don't think they talk. Peyton Krebs had a cup of coffee with Vegas. I, yeah. I don't even think he played ten games. Talk was did nothing to justify getting booed. So. Right, I'm just adjusting my hold on the uh, the microphone here. I'm uh, cradling the snowball, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so tough. Tough. It's tough. Yeah. This I think this is our first ever podcast immediately after a game. This is so this should be an interesting experience for our listeners, our longtime listeners. It should, least, and, and definitely, yeah. Thank you uh, for. Hopefully, the listeners are getting a kick out of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I think we'll we'll definitely do this again in the future. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Next time, anytime we're going to a game, we're going to do this. Yes, uh, definitely. But yeah, it's a sad state of affairs in Saberland. It is. That's it where, is. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah, they they to be frank, they weren't good, and 
this isn't like the Arizona game where like, oh, you gotta win, you gotta win. It just it yeah. just leaves you with the sour taste in your mouth, you know. Yeah, and I want to say I'm not I'm not by any means giving up on the season. No, no. Like these these games right here, Vegas, Boston. That's coming up. Mm-hmm. These are games that like they're probably supposed to lose. Would it be nice if they got a win? Yeah, but that's why you got to beat the teams like Montreal, Chicago, yeah. Seattle, Arizona. That's why you got to win those games because we've been saying it. Every game counts. Uh, everyone wants meaningful games in March. You don't get to meaningful games in March when you're losing to the Arizona Coyotes. Right. So, yeah, you got to – in the beginning of the season, I was saying it's nice winning these games that you that you shouldn't be winning – but when you're winning those games too, you gotta for sure be winning the games that you should be winning. Yeah, uh, that's a must. So yeah, it's um, it's amazing the difference a week makes because last week I think our tone was extremely positive. You, I think you even said the p word. Yeah, uh, I wasn't quite there yet, but I'm definitely not there now. I'm like like you said, I'm certainly not giving up. No, mm-hmm. but. Well, that could have been any P word, yeah. Joe. I, I don't know what people were thinking I meant. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think you said 60% sure. Yes, yeah. Well, like 60% sure. Well, I don't know what word you just used there, <laughs> buddy. Uh, but, no, we, we, we talk about we We've been expecting, though, a, a period of a setback period. Yeah. We were anticipating this. How are they going to bounce back? How are they going to respond to this? Because and this is probably... The word like since in the last calendar year, not letting no, I wouldn't say calendar year since could be the Ve- year. since the Vegas game last year. Let's yeah. say this has got to be the most soul crushing defeat that the Sabers have taken. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else really because last year, like everyone knew they were out of it by Christmas, like. There was really no hope, but it, so any game from beyond that meant nothing, and any win and progress was found money. This year, there's some expectations because of that, the way they ended. So I think this there's a lot of salt on the wound after this game. Yeah, uh, and mainly it's because Jack Eichel came to town and took our lunch money. He did essentially. He showed us up this time. Yeah. And I, I don't remember my exact words, but I feel like I might have said Eichel Hattrick. I don't remember exactly. Well, I'm definitely going to listen to this back. Yeah. Uh, hey, I guess in a way I, I kind of hit something because it was a three-goal game. Right. Um, yeah, they got... And Eichel did score, so give me some tokens for that. Mm-hmm. But... That's yeah, I guess demoralizing is one thing. Demoralizing. I mean, listen, absolutely. it's in the grand scheme of things, though. You're uh, 14 games in the year. Yeah, uh, it's very the, the very early in its infancy still. Yeah, they um, they just gotta. You can't. You can't. What if they lose to Boston? That's what five in a row. Uh, yes, you cannot extend that. Yeah, and then that's uh, for certain. Right, just don't let it out of control. We knew this was gonna be a tough stretch. Um, but there's a lot of beatable teams in this league too. Yeah, I right. mean, I think they've got Toronto, Vancouver again, and Montreal. So, well, I mean, in, in the stretch after this, so that's a very winnable yes. rebound for this team. We're just coming off a really good game 
against uh, against Tampa. You know, it's not sounding any alarms. Yeah, yet. this is not like Vegas is a really good team. Yeah, like we were saying in they, the first they've part, got two losses. Yeah, yeah, we were saying in the first part they have their full team again. Uh, they may be better by subtraction in goal. Uh, yeah, Thompson's really good. Been good. Yeah. I mean, they have some money freed up now at that position. That's something I said to you during the game. Yeah, I speculating that maybe they're going to put Leonard on yeah. LTI retired. A uh, Just a really good, cheap uh, goaltending tandem that they have. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to meet a, a, a playoff team again. Uh, and... Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. 7-4 loss uh, to a really good team. And I think the, the biggest negative is just that maybe the booing was for nothing. Um, I, think I don't the, think the booing will ever stop. It's when, never going to stop. When Eichel's on Boston, we're going to get this three times a year. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I got I to just think... Um, will Sabres fans ever think, uh, let's focus on our own house. Let's stop yelling at the neighbor. Let's... Because their dog pooped in our yard, we got a lot of poop in our backyard that are from our own dogs. So I don't think so. <laughs> no, I know. Sabres we got a lot of baggage. Sabres fans don't forget. They don't. They don't. My my point is, we have our own baggage. Okay, let's focus our, our own guys. Um, well, I don't think that. I don't necessarily think that Sabres fans are being kept up at night because of Jack Eichel. I no, think it's no, just no. because they're facing Vegas. Yeah, that's why. So, I think, like, how much of this is just a fun night out I the think town? It, I, I absolutely think that's what it is. I yeah. don't think anyone's necessarily being... I'm sure there's some people. People that are just still cynical and have a sour taste in their mouth from Eichel. Yes. But, See, it's like, maybe, you know, maybe I have a different perspective because... Yeah. I think people are we're just doing it in good fun. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. know, because, like... I like Jack Eichel as a player. Uh, as yeah. a person, especially after... Because when the trade happened, I said, I'm still going to support this guy. He, he was a great player for us, and I respect the hell out of him for how great of a player he is. But then when he opened his mouth yeah. after the game last year, that's when I lost all respect for Jack Eichel, the person. So, like... He's a great hockey player, absolutely. But as a person, I've lost all respect for him after uh, his post-game comments, which I'm very curious to see if he said anything Yeah. Uh, when we are parked. But, yeah, I think when I, I was booing him the whole night, and I was just doing it in good fun, not because <laughs> I think he's a terrible player or anything. Right. Just because it's fun. It's fun to go along with it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's the case for most of the fans here tonight. You you know this, and anyone who follows me on Twitter knows. Uh, anyone who knows me knows, but I'm a big wrestling fan, and it it, it felt like yeah. being at a wrestling show, and that's why like, you know, like I I, you know, I mean I've I've seen stuff like that where. Jack Eichel's the heel in this situation, yeah. and it's like it's his turn to win. Yeah, it's his turn to win. Jack Eichel went over tonight. And the rubber match will come sometime, but it's it's like uh, I don't know. For me, I wonder. You know, for 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 normal people that don't watch <laughs> wrestling, like uh, or maybe you're a UFC fan, and you know, there's bad guys in that sport too. They all, you know, they they gotta hype up the fight in some way. It's like uh, you know, what what kind of hatred is this? Like, is this a pure hatred from person to person? Because I don't know. I feel I feel like. Uh, it's different depending on whatever form of entertainment or what what sport you watch. How you uh, 
you know, I, I think I'm just kind of conditioned uh, by, you know, being told to boo or cheer certain people. Like, I'm just curious. Uh, I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners can tell us, but, like, uh, <laughs> what what drives you? What what drives you to keep booing them? That's what I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious about. That's... We all, I think a lot of people forgot how great of a player Jack Eichel really is. Yes. Because if you, you look back last year, because of the circumstances of the surgery and everything, he was never going to be 100% when he came back to play. And the year before that, he gets hurt, and he was playing hurt when he injured his neck too mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people forget he should have never been playing mm-hmm. in that Islanders game to begin with yeah because Ralph Kruger was a snake oil salesman <laughs> and was lying about Eichel being healthy and he was dealing with like rib injuries and whatnot mm-hmm. uh but he was playing hurt for the majority of that first like post-COVID season right that was the start of it all they thought it yeah. was ribs mm-hmm yeah, I'm pretty sure it was ribs. Uh-huh. So he was playing hurt. The last time he was a saber, he was playing hurt. Mm-hmm. So, and the t- before that, the uh, 50th anniversary year, Ooh. I want to say, uh, he was an MVP, MVP consideration. So, yeah, yeah I, he's a great hockey player. A lot of people forget that, but I think there's probably a lot of people out there too that wish he was washed. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people thought that he might be washed, but obviously, a nice long off season. He's recovered he's well. Recovered. He's yeah. having the uh, the Peyton Manning career arc. Yeah, he? Uh, he goes <laughs> on, and he's probably going to win a Stanley Cup eventually. Um, if Vegas can get there, if they can put it all together finally and get past second round. Um, news around the league: Arizona, Carl Vimelka, two nothing shutout of the Islanders. Oh, good for so him. a team. Look at that, a team that's on a hot streak. Has won like seven of the last eight games or something. The Islanders, they get shut out by Arizona. Puts things in perspective. It's not, it's, don't get too caught up in this, folks. Yeah. It's, um, it's one, it's one game. It's they one can game. rebound. Yeah. Just like a week ago, it was a much different tune. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, Bills need to win on Sunday because I can't take over a week of no Buffalo victories in sports. Well, Josh Allen better play. Josh better play. It could be a really, uh, Bad November for uh, Buffalo sports. Jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking on Twitter now to see if yeah, see if any there uh, are any comments. Late developments. Obviously, we didn't get to listen to the GR post game show uh, on the way back because we're we're bringing you guys our voices, our raspy, um, tired voices. Uh, All right. Let's see. Here. God. I mean, great crowd, great crowd, great turnout. Yeah. The fans showed up. A lot. Oh, uh, before you re- did you find anything yet? Not yeah. yet. Nothing. Well, I can say, uh, Saber Store, a lot of Peyton Krebs jerseys. Yeah, there poor was, guy. There was a whole rack of Peyton Krebs go ahead yep. jerseys. He so. listen. He needs to start scoring for. Uh, listen, I've I, you've worked retail. I've worked retail. Uh, I don't know if you did much on the stocking side of things, but listen, for the sake of those workers at the Saber Store. Peyton Krebs has start scoring some goals, so they have uh, something else to fill those shells with, other than the you know fill the holes on the pegs, other than with uh, Peyton Krebs jersey here or Peyton Krebs jersey there. Think of the think of the minimum wage worker, damn it. 
And I just want to say, I think I might have, I was probably a little too harsh on Eric Comrie earlier. Uh, I do think defense is the main issue here. It, but like yeah. you got to mix in a save once in a while. But the notion that oh, it's just all luck, like that's I just think that's a bogus excuse. So I'm still looking for Jack Eichel. Comments. We are in Joe's driveway by the now by by the way now. Um, we we did find our way back after uh, missing the exit. Uh, <laughs> we were in the lobby when. The goal horn came off. Yes, yeah, when the there was goal. the mad rush to see who scored it, and we caught the radio calls. We were headed out, and it was Asplund who scored it. Uh, Boston next. That's gonna be a tough one. Wonder Very if they tough. get Allmark. Yeah, Linus Allmark, courtesy shutout. I'm sure. Swayman has had our number though too. I right. Feel it's like. got. It's gonna be Allmark. I can yeah. feel it. That hate. I mean, you could be facing potentially the two Stanley Cup finalists for this season, back-to-back. What a really tough stretch. I think last week on the show, I think we said we want um, seven points on this stretch. Yeah, I think so. You got zero right now. Uh, Yeah, out of... Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty safe to say they're not getting that. Yeah. But that was, like... Really good, like best case scenario, you're getting yeah. seven out of eight. Yeah, which, if if you're gonna that continue was on the powerhouse pace that you were on to start the year, that's yeah. what you wanted. But uh, things will start to level out, I think, and uh, I I just hope they're working on the same stuff that we see right from the stands that they need to work on. Like, are they working on these odd man rushes? Because that's my biggest yeah, problem was, right now. They it's, gave up so many. You're odd giving man up way today. too many. And like Eichel, let's not forget Eichel had like two, two breakaways. Two breakaways. Two breakaways. Uh, yeah, made great saves on a breakaway goal. Um, yeah, the can't Paul recall the ones. Breakaway. Yeah, Cotter was the the breakaway one. Uh, so yeah, just a lot of things to fix on the defense. Again, getting Samuelson back, they need him back. Um, just for how sound he is uh, in his own end, in front of the net. Oh, God, I miss his shot blocking right now because um, that, that's a big help, especially on those rebounds. Mm-hmm. He'll be there to clean up those rebounds. God, he's so he's so important to this team. I love Samuelson. Need him back. Uh, it's like, and no matter who they plug in, it's the same issues. They're going to keep rotating Fitzgerald and Pilot and uh I think Clegg has earned himself staying in the lineup. Yeah, Kale Clegg is good the mover. seventh D when uh, the de- defense is healthy again. Yeah. Because uh, Casey Fitzgerald, I know that there's been a lot of quote-unquote fear that, oh, if you put him on waivers, he's going to get claimed. Adios. I'll pack okay. your bag for you. <laughs> okay, and? Um, I don't care. Uh, the, the right-hand defenseman tax, I guess, is what you can call it, because mm-hmm. Casey Fitzgerald has done absolutely nothing to deserve a roster spot here. Lawrence Pilot, I think he's a Sabres Twitter darling. Yeah. Uh, he's okay, but I you gotta remember the standard of what it was to be considered good when he was on the team last, and that was a lot lower than it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a s- seventh defenseman at best. I don't think at this stage of the game Lawrence Pilot's an NHL defenseman. Sorry to say it, but I'm going to say it. Uh, 
if they send him to Rochester, maybe he gets claimed, maybe he doesn't. To be frank, I don't really care. Uh, I think Clegg has earned the seventh D spot if when these guys come back. I'm happy you said that because I've been thinking that the last uh, few games. I didn't know how to put it into words, though. But, yeah, Pilot, nothing special. Yeah. Uh, Replacement-level player, maybe below that. Uh, nothing special about him. Doesn't stand out. Right. Doesn't do anything great. Clegg, even today, I didn't think he was that bad. No, so, he's a good, he's, he's, he's a really good skater. Yeah. So, in that, Pilot's a good skater, but that definitely sets him apart. It's like a better version of Bryson. Right. I'd I, rather you know what? <laughs> Honestly, I think Kale Clegg is better than Jacob Bryson. <laughs> I think so, too. Now that I'm just thinking so. about it, no, no, I say it. <laughs> he had, the thing I, is, yeah. Jacob Bryson is making almost $2 million, and yeah. Kale Clegg is at NHL league minimum. Yeah. But, um... Hey, I mean, that was a good pickup. Uh, anything else you wanted to cover here? No, I don't I don't think so. Uh, did you have a guy of the week? Oh, yes. Yeah. I can round it out with our segments. My, oh, you, you had the booty cheek of the week, so I'll yeah. do guy of the week first. My guy of the week, I don't know why. Oh, I think it is. So Paul Cotter scored, and then I was like, oh, we got to do guy of the week. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Paul Cotter is a guy. <laughs> And Paul Cotter is number 43. Do you know who else wore number 43? That will be the guy of the week this week. Who? Former Buffalo Sabre, Daniel Catanacci. Oh, yeah, okay. Do you remember Daniel Catanacci? Yeah, uh, Dan Cap. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Rochester Amherst legend. Played played a cup of coffee with the Buffalo Sabres in, I believe, the Mm -hmm. 16-17. I think he was traded in uh, 16-17. 15-16. To the Rangers? Yeah, he was traded to the Rangers. Do you remember when... Oh, this is a trivia question. Uh, When the Sabres, there was all this talk, is Gianta going to get traded? Mm. Is uh, Franzen going to get traded? No, Mike Weber was traded the year before. Never Mm. mind, but... He was the only guy traded that deadline, and Tim Murray was like, oh, I couldn't get a deal done. You need a dance partner, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. He was traded to the New York Rangers for Matt Bodie. But yeah. I remember Dan Catanacci, and when the Sabres were in those Travis Traverse City tournaments, he was, like, pretty big mm-hmm. for, as far as Sabres prospects go. But I think he was, like, a 2011 third-round pick. Uh, yeah, he he's a guy. Mm-hmm. He's a guy. I don't have the stats in front of me, but... Daniel he was guy. was is this week's guy. Of That's the week. a good name. Um, good yeah, Italian boy. Good Italian boy. Uh, I don't know if he ever scored. Why do I feel like he had like a breakaway goal or something with us on NBC Sports Network? <clears throat> let me let me look him up. <laughs> My mind might be wandering here. Where where do you think Daniel Catanacci is playing right now? Germany. He is in the DHL. I bet he's playing in like he's Austria. With, um, he's with that polar bear team, uh, Ice, I, I, Ice Baron. He, he's got to be playing in Austria. <laughs> All right, Dan Catnacci is twenty nine years old. Maybe he is in Austria. It's close to Italy, close to the homeland. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He is. Oh my playing god, in Austria. He is. All right. In is it the Austrian league? Yeah. He for uh, HC Pusteral. In All Italy, right. this is an Italian team. And, uh, <laughs> How funny is that? He's got uh, seven points in thirteen games. So good on Dan Catnacci. Right. Catnacci did not score a single point for okay. the Buffalo so Sabres. I'm, Eleven I'm, games in the fifteen sixteen season. I've watched a lot of games in this horrible <laughs> run. I'm imagining zero things. zero points. A good old goose egg. Um, very uh, oh wow. 
in 10-11 in his draft year as a third-round pick, he had 72 points in 67 games. No, 71 points in 67 games for the Sioux Greyhounds. Followed it up with another good year, yeah, looks like. Yeah, another great year. 72-79 uh, 70, after that. Owen, Owen Sound. Owen Sound attack. So, yeah. Uh, this week's guy of the week, Dan Cotinacci, and uh, the booty cheek of the week. You kept this a secret from me. Yeah, the game. Uh, booty cheek of the week. You gotta go with the Bruins front office. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't even cross my mind You when, know... When you brought that up, absolutely. Uh, the Boston Bruins front office. The Bruins have had, like, one of the strongest, I think, cultures, one of the strongest foundations for 13 years or so now with Bergeron and Marchand and Chara for a while and think of the countless guys who've spent a decade there. Mm-hmm. And they go and sign a guy who is not cleared to play in the league who was renounced who is a documented I think a psychopath there's something mm-hmm. clinically wrong with Mitchell Miller uh, the pick was uh, renounced by the Coyotes after they, they, they drafted him um, and they didn't consult the team right. either I, I think Patrice Bergeron in, in so many words while trying to be the leader that he is said I don't know why this is happening. Mm-hmm. We I'm, I'm considering how bland and like I don't I don't know the word to say, but I'm surprised Bergeron was so outspoken about it, mm-hmm. and I'm glad he was because I mean it says a lot. Honestly, if he wasn't, I bet they don't renounce the signing, which I don't believe he has been uh, put on unconditional waivers yet. I think he's still under contract, so um, I don't know what their plan is there, but he's not been terminated. I know that Cam Neely did a press conference saying he regrets it and he's sorry it happened. The, I, you uh, know what I bet they did? I bet they just thought this is going to go fly under the radar. And enough time has passed did. where uh, no one's going to say anything about it. But you're, you're the Boston Bruins, for God's sake. What are mm-hmm. you doing? I, I I hate to be this, this cynical, uh, but you know what this... It, 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 it gives... Those guys, uh, you know, uh, uh, Sweeney and them, like, a really bad look because, to me... Again, also, sorry to cut you off, but they are also at the top of the league. Yeah. What are you doing? There's no reason to do this. Yeah. Uh, but, to me, it makes Sweeney seem like one of those, this kid was canceled, let's give him another chance type of guys, yeah. right? Like, I don't agree with this. Let's let's mm. let's spite everybody. Well, and, That's the impression yeah. it gives off. And what is Cam Neely saying? Like, oh, we didn't do our homework here. Yeah, but I, I What's your I job? I didn't watch the press conference, but do you mean tell me Cam Neely wasn't in the in the war room <laughs> when they were discussing this? Yeah. Then you have a communication like, it, issue. It, it looks like, happening. for the love of God, it looks like he was they just were like okay I'm signing this guy when you're not yeah. consulting your team president that doesn't make any sense and they didn't even reach out to the family either yeah and it's like it's so clear like okay first of all if you're on the side of Mitch Miller and thinks he deserves a second chance you're 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 probably a former bully whose glory years are behind yeah. you like anyone with a freaking brain in their head can see that this kid is a psychopath like they're serial killers who are diagnosed as a future killer of women when they're in first grade. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it's not unheard of, people, that a guy can be a lunatic from the time he's five years old. And uh, uh, from, listen, when you and I were 14 years old, we weren't going around 
making kids uh, lick toilets. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I mean, I, I, how can you be so dense? Yeah, like you gotta come on. You can't have that thick of a skull, man. You gotta be a Neanderthal, freaking. You know, Montreal, <laughs> Cro-Magnon, Montreal with Mayu too. I, I, yeah, I didn't see this for sure, but my one of my friends said that Mayu is also one of the players along with Miller, who's just not allowed to play in the NHL. I, I don't, I can't confirm that, but. Yeah. Like, I would imagine so. Why did they sign him? Yeah, I did. See, why I think did, why like, did yeah. that go through too? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm just at a loss for words because if Montreal, from an asset management standpoint, mm-hmm. they could have gotten a free second round pick for not signing Mayu. Like, yeah. Mark Bergevin's gone for the most part. That front office is gone. So why don't you just wipe the slate clean? And say, okay, we're letting this guy re-enter the draft, and we're gonna take our free second-round pick this summer, and thanks, say thank you very much. Why are they signing him? So I, I'm, I just don't understand. Yeah, I guess what just to... these teams are doing, and hockey culture needs to change because the notion that scumbags like this deserve any chance—I don't care if it's a second chance—these yeah. the, guys don't deserve. Uh, the time of day. No. None in at all. In the sport. The kid is undiagnosed with something. He's a monster. Uh, yeah, but, and uh, some people are saying, oh, maybe this could have worked in like a smaller market. It's not going to work in Boston. He was drafted he was dra- by the Coyotes. Yeah. He was drafted by the Coyotes. Yeah. Come on. It's not going to work anywhere. He has to go. He's got the only place he can fit in now is KHL because we know the morals in Russia. You absolutely know that Mitchell Miller will be playing in the KHL. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There is no there is no amount of goodwill in PR that this kid can do to mm-hmm. make a case where he deserves to play yeah. in the NHL again. It's so embarrassing. He's been, his his rights have been de- renounced by two yeah. teams already, which is already unheard of. Yeah. I mean like and he's 20. This like, would this isn't it's not going to work. It, just stop. And it just it, it's so embarrassing. It would not happen in any other sport. Right. Like like Josh Gordon a, a better example. Uh uh like Justin Blackman, a receiver for the Jaguars. He was out of the league because he he, he smoked pot or something and he hasn't right. played and he was a real he was a really freaking good player, <clears throat> played like 2 years and he's out of the league because he did drugs and this is like 2014. Like there's guys in other leagues in the NFL and NBA who are out of the league doing like far less than this and they don't even get a second look yeah and it's like uh, i don't know man it, it, it uh you know what respect for the bruins players though i have a newfound respect yeah. for their team for uh standing up to this and yeah, i think if it weren't it. for the players yeah uh it might be a different story yeah all right i think we gotta wrap up i my laptop is on uh nine percent and i want to make sure we have enough battery to save this thing right so uh yeah, so this was the first ever car cast. It was fun. Of, we've got a wide variety of recording locations. <laughs> uh, we start, started off in our high school library closet, uh, and then we went to Google Hangouts, and then our college radio station, mm-hmm. and then uh, Zoom. I think we might have tried Skype. So yeah, this is a. Uh, I am looking forward. This is a first, I I think that this should hopefully be pretty well received. I, we hope that the the sound of the beeping of the cars. We I was really hoping good for good ambiance. 
for the the beeping to let's go Buffalo on the yeah, drive home, but yeah. that of course did not yeah. happen. So uh, I'm real. With all that said, I'm really looking forward to our podcast from Mars in a few years. <laughs> uh, but we'll tackle that when uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get. There. We don't know if they have internet up there. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, it was it was it was great fun. And uh, yeah, let's let's know, folks, um, what you thought of it. Joe, you have anything else? No. Uh, all I can say is, uh, hopefully, next week is better. Yeah. Hopefully. I think a win against the Bruins would mean a lot. Yes, it would. Um, all right. Well. Also, side note: Tage Thompson is on pace for fifty-eight goals. So. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Have a good night, folks. Have a good night, or folks. Or a good morning. Because good the night morning. Because going up in the morning. That's right. Uh, yes. You know our Twitter. If you're still listening right now, you know our Twitter handle. Yeah, you're so hardcore. I'm not going to read it to you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anywho, uh, from Joe's driveway, we're going to sign off. I'm Luke. That's Joe, and we will see you in the next one.